and welcome to another UbuWeb Poetry Foundation podcast, all avant-garde, all the time. I'm Kenneth Goldsmith, founding editor of UbuWeb. And for today's podcast, what we're going to do is we are going to listen to some of the films that are hosted on UbuWeb. UbuWeb hosts, well, I don't even, I don't even know how many films, probably somewhere in the in the thousands at this point. And some of them are silent and completely visual, but many of them are filled with great soundtracks and are actually driven by sound. And the idea of kind of sitting and listening to some of the excerpts is just as good as listening to some of the audio pieces on UbuWeb. And one thing you should know is that, unlike a lot of the audio works on UbuWeb, the quality from the soundtracks of the films or video, which are often very low production, are indeed lo-fi, but I think uh, they are good to listen to, regardless of their often lousy quality. So in this podcast, we're going to take 10 films from Ubu and hear what the films sound like. This is a uh, uh, soundtrack from 1973 by the performance artist Vito Acconci, and it's a sort of proto-karaoke uh, piece called Theme Song. Oh, of course, I can't see your face. I have no idea what your face looks like. Basically, what he's doing is he's playing a bunch of theme songs, and he's looking deep into the eye of the camera, and he begins talking to the audience as if they're part of the pop song. It's an improvisation on, uh, well, in this case, Jim Morrison and the Doors. And don't you want to come in here? Sure. And the weird thing is, it becomes very intimate because Akanchi's pressed up against the camera lens and is actually talking to you, the viewer of the film, through the pop song. I don't know if there's anybody there. I don't know if you want to come in here. It's kind of um, eerie and creepy. It's face-to-face. And the weird thing is that he always says you, and you kind of think he's talking about women. But in fact, uh, the you is never gendered. It's never specific. It's always universal. It's uh, you could be anybody out there. Oh, but there'll be something that can win you over. And that's is. Sure, sure, I might be crazy. I might be crazy trying to get you here. But no, of course not. No, I'm not crazy. Of course you can come here. The uh, soundtrack, written by Eric Satie for René Clair's Entracte, filmed in 1924. The music is conducted by Henri Sauguet. 
It's a 22-minute black-and-white film that is a classic of surrealist cinema. Now, entre-act means intermission. And Sati purposely wrote dull music that would be played sort of, you know, at an intermission, something to chatter over and have a, a, a cocktail over, something not to be listened to. And when this kind of music interacts with Rene Clair's surrealist cinema, it gives the images time to breathe and time to move. So it's non-dictatorial, it's not dramatic. The drama is actually happening on the screen. And the music is just a kind of an ambient soundtrack for weird stuff to happen, like two men approaching a cannon and firing it, or they, they take dolls and they nail them to the wall of a rifle range and blast the uh, hell out of them. Dancing ballerinas turn into strange men, and a funeral procession is uh, interrupted, and the casket goes rolling on the ground. What can it all mean? Well, that's always the question with surrealist cinema. It's up to you to interpret it, and the music by Santi is about as ambiguous, leaving just a lot of room for dull interpretation. Like, if you see, but like, okay, I got in a fight and it was like hand to hand combat, and you know, like hand to hand combat. I mean, I don't care if you're like flying over in an airplane shooting down at people, it's like just completely gross. If, if you have to, if you're going to use knives, which I think is dirty fighting, you really need to. It's best if you use a switchblade or even better yet, a straight razor. This is an insane monologue, one of the most insane monologues ever recorded, I think, on film, certainly on UbuWeb by the uh, young video artist team, Harry Dodge and Stanya Khan. This is a uh, piece from 2006 called Can't Swallow It, Can't Spit It Out. Then, but you want to cut low, you know, in the groin, in the, in the loin. Slice them, they don't even know what hit them, and then their guts are falling out. What you're listening to is a description of uh, strange combat and uh, bizarre, uh, violent scenarios. But what you're not seeing is the speaker of this film is running around the suburbs of Los Angeles in a Viking costume with a bloody nose holding a huge wedge of rubber Swiss cheese. I'd say you could sit on my cheese, but... And she's just like Vito Conchi. very old. Running around, talking to the camera, these insane dialogues. Longer than we've been making soap. Cod pieces and chamois shirts and everybody just dousing their pits with cinnamon satchels. But everybody carried a comb. I mean, we bury our, bury our dead with our combs. The city is empty. She looks violent. She looks homeless. She visits all these bizarre sites where homeless people have encamped. And she's just going on uh, about whatever happens to be coming to her mind. And the whole thing is chopped up very quickly. So when you're listening to the soundtrack, you can actually hear that she's repeating things. Things are, have been sped up. It's a situationist-inspired derive, something that Guy Debord would say, uh, go through the city, discover the city as you've never seen it before. This is kind of an unfaithful or inaccurate portrait of Los Angeles as given to us 
by Harry Dodge and Stanya Khan. Once I was walking through the woods in the middle of the night, and the devil, or a devil, covered with eyeballs and tiny shining lights, and we were just face to face. He was, he was able to telepathically communicate to me skills needed for speaking with animals. I was able to um, glean skills about how to um, communicate with a beast. Pretty much involved um, standing very still. Boring. This is a great soundtrack. Uh, this is actually one of the pieces uh, that I would say the soundtrack stands on its own. It's a really great work of sound art. Besides that, I'm, oh, wow, hey, look out, I'm taking over, man. This is the uh, soundtrack from a video by uh, the young video artist named Jordan Wolfson. It's called Con Leche from 2009. Since the Daily Mirror published pictures allegedly showing the model taking cocaine, Ma said yesterday, I take full responsibility for my actions. What you're not seeing here is an army <laughs> of Diet Coke bottles, old-fashioned Diet Coke bottles that Wolfson has animated with legs on them. And it's an army of them. They're filled up with milk instead of with Coke. And they're marching through the desolate streets of the ghetto of Detroit, Michigan. I mean, my wife has black friends. Why can't I? What am I doing wrong? I have Latino friends. I have Scandinavian friends. I have Jewish friends. Can you pause? Thank you. Probably. Now, if I can, can kind of think about it, it might be a comment on racism, consumerism. Uh, these, these, these bottles are filled with a white substance instead of black invading uh, uh, a ghetto. Sometimes they're in groups. Sometimes they're alone. They just sinisterly march through like stormtroopers, except it's rather like the invasion of popular culture instead of anything violent. I am trying to be positive, and the support and love I have received are invaluable. Cody Beauty, which manages the Rimmel brand, added in a statement, We are pleased to acknowledge the statement released by Kate Moss today, apologizing for her recent actions. Above it all is this commercial voice, this uh, actress talking about texts that are pretty much around uh, internet gossip, identity, technology, memory. It's snippets of model gossip. It's news of, of what's happening with Kate Moss's career, Kate Moss invading the ghetto. But every few minutes, you hear the video artist himself, Jordan Wolfson, interrupting her and giving her some basic uh, formal instructions, saying, Can you pause? Can you please significantly increased volume. It's all about dictatorship and invasion on personal levels, uh, political levels, as well as commercial levels. But sometimes I'm into chicks. But sometimes I feel very horny towards guys and feel very intimate. I also feel a big sense of regret if I fantasize about guys when I'm done. The future can be found in many places. It can be seen reflected in the eyes of those who are privileged to look at it. It can be found in the shape and form and made from the metal and the wire, the time and the effort of those who are privileged to create it. 
This is another one of those pieces that stands on its own as a great audio work because the artist that made it, People Like Us, also known as Vicki Bennett, is primarily a uh, audio artist, though many might know her as a video artist. I think she's probably about the best uh, plunderphonic audio artist, and she uses film in a very similar way. This is a piece called Story Without End from 2005, and what she's doing is she's using uh, found footage from the public domain, mostly from the uh, wonderful Prelinger archives, and she's talking about how technology enables us to communicate faster using this uh, narrative. And, 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 and Vicky is using a lot of uh, samples from the period and looping them. And kind of it becomes a very romantic view of uh, progress. But it's progress without end because, as we know, the story of technology is ever evolving and always continuing. And the piece is called Story Without End. Uh, what was new this year is old last year. So looking at the very beginning of technology, uh, microwave radio transmission in the transistor, and the promises that it holds, of course, soon became obsolete. And that's the, the story that Vicki Bennett wants to tell here. But of course it's not told in any narrative way. There's layers of wonderful old imagery. Uh, she's layering lots and lots of audio. Um, it's more of an archaeological and a poetic treatment uh, on the history of technology. In the laboratories, the men who develop new equipment and the men who will have to build it are always at work, not only improving what has been developed, but creating new things as well. However, it's one thing for highly skilled scientists and technicians to devour equipment in the laboratory, and quite another to mass-produce it on a production line. Okay, I'm going to set the scene for you here with this uh, traditional Austrian mountain music, okay? It seems like, where could it be? It could be in a beer hall, it could be a, a party, it could be at a wedding, no! No, it's not. It's at a castle in Austria. And what's going on here? There are naked people, lots and lots of naked people, and a pig is brought out, and a knife is taken to the pig. The pig is slaughtered, and all of these naked people dig their hands inside the steaming hot guts of the pig and smear them all over their naked bodies and revel in the fact of uh, blood and guts. Then... Out come grapes and fruits and tomatoes and animal lungs and intestines and everybody rolls around in a uh, Dionysian orgy and what could it be? It could be none other than the work of the Viennese actionist Hermann Nitsch. What we're listening to is his theater of orgies and mysteries. This festival that he did in 1998 to celebrate his 100th performance, it went on for six days. It was a six-day orgy of blood and guts and food. And it, of course, ends with a fake crucifixion where they tie a guy to the cross and they smear him with blood of a disemboweled. Hermann Nitsch is, of course, the uh, very famous uh, Austrian performance artist. He's been doing this kind of stuff since the late 50s. 
and he does writings and and scores. But he's also released a number of albums, which are are, are layered kind of mixes of soundtracks from these performances. He often gets hundred piece orchestras to play Wagnerian hymns and then shoots guns over the top of it and brings in oompa bands and, and it's all about excess. Some call me Mr. Ra. Others call me Mystery. You can call me Mr. Mystery. The sounds of Sun Ra. This is the soundtrack, or a portion of the soundtrack, from what I consider to be the greatest documentary made on Sun Ra. It's from 1980, and it's by a uh, filmmaker called Robert Moog, M U G G E, and it's called A Joyful Noise. I stroll forth in mystic sound, I stroll black of outer space. The film opens up on the top of a hotel, a rooftop hotel in Los Angeles. It's a bright, sunny day, and the entire orchestra are up there, decked out in their full cosmic regalia, you know, in and amidst uh, water towers and air conditioning equipment, and they've got rainbow-colored afros and weird hats and tunics and silver sequin shirts, and they're singing and dancing on the top of this uh, hotel in Los Angeles, presumably to be closer to the sun, to be closer to the heavens, uh, to have a full Sun Ra experience. And really the great thing about Sun Ra is that he's from another planet. He doesn't live on this planet. And the top of a cheesy hotel in Los Angeles is as good as being on the top of a mountain to Sun Ra. And it really is. It's totally, totally joyful. This is a uh, 60-minute film that was filmed all over uh, the U.S. in 78 and 80, when really when the orchestra was just at its weirdest. And it dropped in between these kind of amazing performances, which are alternately noisy as well as being deeply melodic. As a matter of fact, in, in, in one scene, he does a cover of uh, Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight, are bizarre interviews with him in a room of Egyptian artifacts. He says, he says, I don't consider myself one of the humans. I'm a spiritual being. And there's a portion of this film shot in front of the White House. And he says, I'm not a part of history. I'm more of a part of mystery, which is my story. One day it will happen. Could be happening now that a voice from another dimension will speak to Earth. You might as well practice and be prepared for it. Sun Ra, A Joyful Noise. This is a, a wonderful combination of uh, African, alien, and thrift shop.
And darkness was ignorance Along came wrong When the world was in darkness And darkness was ignorance Along came wrong Yes, I, 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 can, I hear can hear my, my echo, echo. And, and uh, uh, the, words the words are coming, are coming back, back on, on top, on top of, me. of me. You're never going to guess who this is. Now, I'll give you a hint. He had a huge retrospective at the Museum of Modern Art a year or two ago. He makes giant, imposing, core 10 metal slabs that if they fell on you, you, you you'd be crushed. He makes enormous arcs that bisect plazas that make people very upset. Who is it? Their apprehension. Well, it's Richard Serra, the sculptor Richard Serra. And oddly enough, uh, he's made tons and tons of really great videos. We've got about four or five of them up on UbuWeb. And in his retrospective at the Museum of Modern Art a couple of years ago, not one video was present. So Ubu's happy to present this whole other side of the great minimalist sculptor Richard Serra. I think... I think that it makes my thinking slower. And what we're listening to is a piece from 1974 that stars the widow of Robert Smithson, named Nancy Holt. She's a very good sculptor in and of her own right. I am thinking... And what this is, uh, Nancy Holt is listening to a time-delayed recording of her own speech and describes what it is that's happening for about ten minutes. I find... That I, that I have trouble, trouble making, making connections, connections between, between thoughts. It's an investigation of, of the phenomena of speech and time delayed, but it also plays into the influence of drugs during the period. It's got kind of a psychedelic overtone, and it's kind of also got a little bit of uh, where am I, who am I, a Wittgensteinian exploration of what is language and what does language mean to be delayed, what is experience. Um, Richard Serra has a beautiful quote about this videotape. He says, this is a tape which analyzes its own discourse and process as it's being formulated. The language of Boomerang and the relation between the description and what is being described is not arbitrary. Language and image are being formed and revealed as they are organized. So it's a very process-oriented piece, a very self-conscious piece, very similar to Alvin Lussier's I Am Sitting in a Room, and yet it's got a, a sort of a great trippy and psychedelic edge. Richard Serra and Boomerang from 1974. I want, I want to, hear to hear my own, my own words, words pouring, pouring back, back in on, in top, on top of me. So this sounds like a drum solo of some kind, right? Maybe some guy banging on some pots and pans in a kitchen. Well, let me tell you, it's not. What you're listening to is a guy dressed up in a hat and a suit, looking kind of like a crazy businessman, and he's actually got two drumsticks in his hand, and he's running around, and he's playing the city. He's running around the streets of New York, and he is actually banging on metal store shutters, light posts, phone booths, sides of graffiti-covered buildings, little shards of broken glass in the street, street signs, mailboxes, dumpsters, 
you know, running his stick across sidewalk gratings, the sound of pavement, the sound of doors, and uh, you also hear the sounds of the city mixed in with the percussion. This is by the great percussionist called David Van Tegum, and it's really, I, you know, I, I would say this is one of my favorite videos on UbuWeb. It's called Ear to the Ground, and it's made in 1979. And it's just this kind of amazing, nutty video of Van Tegum running around uh, in the streets of New York. Now, it's very romantic. It's a, it's, it's a city that doesn't exist anymore. The city is absolutely deserted. It looks like it was done on a, on a Sunday morning. All the stores are closed. There's no cars in the street. And uh, it, it talks about a time in Soho when artists were free to just use the city as their canvas. It, uh, it reminds me of the pieces that Trisha Brown used to make, The Dancer, where people would just be crawling up and down the sides of deserted Soho buildings or shouting to each other on rooftops. Soho was just a big playground for artists in those days. Of course, today it's a luxury uh, shopping mall, and if, if, if you tried to play the street today with uh, drumsticks, you know, the, the, the merchants would have you arrested. There's a very beautiful scene. The final scene is Van Tegum playing the cobblestones. There used to be beat-up cobblestones by the old West Side Highway, and he's running off, perhaps, into the sunrise or sunset, playing the cobblestones. It really is an homage to a time when New York really did foster this kind of creativity. And how do you say Tristan and Isol? TV's adventure and underground cave. Everybody must be locked away, afraid of people. I'm kind of uh, going back to uh, the very How beginning of our podcast with a solo voice speaking uh, directly to you. This is the poet and visual artist Carl Holmquist with a piece called I'm With You in Rockland, which of course refers to Allen Ginsberg's well-known poem Howl from uh, 1955. And of course, the third part of that poem has the same title as Holmquist. But what he does is he updates Ginsberg's sort of sweeping portrait of his generation, the 50s, with a much more gritty homage to the age of AIDS. Ronald Reagan, Brigitte Bardot. Holmquist in this piece catalog snippets of pop songs from Madonna, litanies of uh, names from the AIDS period, Reagan, there's popes, there's celebrities from the period, there's uh, references to voguing and, and hardcore kind of act-up politics. And then what he does is he deconstructs Ginsburg's poem and moves the whole thing into the paranoia of uh, a post-9-11 world, suddenly after AIDS is uh, homeland security. Um, and the video is just a black image with white subtitles. So everything that Holmquist is saying appears on the screen. And what we're really listening to is the uh, soundtrack of, of Carl reading his work. All aboard Air Force One. It is disturbing. It is political. It is moving. It is personal. And it is also a highly edited version of history from, let's say, the AIDS generation to now. 
Homeland Security Gated Community Diplomatic Immunity How do you say insurance policy, father? And so we conclude with a uh, sampler of ten film soundtracks that can be found on UbuWeb. Uh, I believe that everything we've listened to holds up on its own as a work of sound. Of the ten pieces we listen to, I'd say at least eight of them are really dealing with the nuances of, of language, a la Vito Acconci or Carl Holmquist or Richard Serra's investigation of language with Nancy Holt. Conceivably, you could just grab the audio from these things and throw them on your iPod and listen to them. So it's an entire other dimension of the works available on UbuWeb. So this has been another UbuWeb Poetry Foundation podcast. I'm Kenneth Goldsmith, and all of this work can be found, of course, at ubu.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.